Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Templeton Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by Mike Munsonrider and Jason from Frozen and Carbonite. This week, we're talking about Tony Hawk's move to Vans. But first, Jenkins' article, What Coronavirus Means for the Skateboard Supply Chain, had us all thinking, so we invited our skate Twitter homie, Ian Browning, who wrote the article, on to talk about it. Ian, thanks for coming on the show. What exactly is the skateboard supply chain? Thanks for having me. Um, the skateboard supply chain for the purposes of this article, was factory to distributor to shops. We could have like gone in a, a different direction and talked about more of the skateboard industry, but my editor, Christian Kerr, shout out Christian, also a skate Twitter homie, was able to kind of rein me in and focus specifically on the manufacturing of hard goods, as that's probably the easiest topic to contain in a single article. Right. Did you think about so, looking at uh, trees? Like, what's the logging situation? <laughs> uh, no, no raw materials. Uh, no raw materials, no shoes, no videos, that sort of thing. Just wanted to focus on hard goods. Nice. I think the focus uh, served you well. So I think probably the biggest question people has is, will there be shortages? That's a tough question to answer, but so far, no. There's a bit, I talked to a lot of shops both on the record and off the record for this. And every shop that I talked to told me that they were really concerned about running out of grip tape, running out of trucks and wheels. I think and part why of is that? Well, it's really easy to run a, a skateboard company out of your garage, a deck company out of your garage. Um, and there are a lot of smaller wood shops strewn across North America it's a lot more difficult to have a foundry in your garage. <laughs> True. So essentially, you know, San Francisco has a shelter in place order that went down very early, which shut down Ermico. And that means that the finite amount of thunder and ventures that are in the world right now are, that's all we have until Ermico can open back up. Uh, I talked to Jim Thibault about this and he told me that, Deluxe was in pretty good shape. They had received everything for spring, their spring line, as well as production was mostly done on their summer line. And on top of that, he said that the manufacturers had other inventory that they were warehousing themselves that had not been shipped to Deluxe yet. So I think we're, at least in the short term, don't need to be too concerned about a shortage. Well, the other that's, major that's factor especially good that. news for Jason, who's a yeah. big Venture Trucks fan. I was I was worried about the Ermico foundry shutting down and not having enough ventures. So hmm. that's good. Another big problem that shops were talking about is that the shelter in place meant that Deluxe and NHS were not able to fill any orders. And they've kind of, I think, every time things get extended in terms of a shelter in place order, or I think it's called a stay at home order for San Diego, they're allowing adding legislation to allow businesses to go back to work in like incremental ways. So like Deluxe has a skeleton crew there that's working. It's like two people in the warehouse. Um, their orders are probably going to be rolling out slower, but they are able to go back and open up and send them out right now. Uh, I talked to Jeff Kendall at NHS. He anticipates that they will be able to do something soon, but they do not know exactly when yet. They are still currently closed, so you can't buy Indies right now direct from them. And Dwindle went uh, kind of an interesting direction, and they moved their warehouse to 
they didn't tell me where, but a location that is not affected by shelter in place. And that's how they're continuing to ship stuff out. Yeah, I was really surprised by that mentioned in the article that they could just up and move their warehouse to some other location outside of the stay at home order just so quickly. You know, it seems like something that, you know, setting up a warehouse, I would think is pretty tough. Still like some Steve Rocco DNA in that move. (laughs) It's kind of crazy, like talking just on the like the topic of trucks where basically all, all and I think it goes wider than this, but like all your skateboard components or a lot of your skateboard components come out of the same places. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's, it's strange to think how, uh, not monopolized it is, but that there's just like these, these controlling interests that control a lot. Like just the fact that venture and thunder are both out of deluxe. Now, you know, you think of those as distinct brands and they were more distinct at one point or another. I think it's just that, how tiny some of the industry aspects are is shocking to be reminded of, even if you knew it kind of deep down. Mm-hmm. Ian, what's your take as far as big brands versus small brands about who who can weather this storm? It's tough to say who will be able to weather the storm because right now we have no idea how long it'll last. But with that said, I think the smaller brands are definitely going to take the biggest hit initially. Um, no one really knows how long this will last, but... With the smaller brands, they were still in the process of starting to send out spring orders, whereas I think a lot of the bigger brands had already had orders placed and were farther along, whereas Josh was in this position where, as this was all going down, he reached out to all of the accounts that had pre-booked things, and about a third of them took were willing to receive their orders, and two-thirds denied it. Mm. So he is in his tightest spot right now. Um, and something that really struck out to me is he told me that he was initially had just written off the entire spring line and just assumed that the summer, what would have been the summer collection is just going to be his spring collection. But that means that there is no summer collection, which means that he's essentially like you cut out a season and you cut out one quarter of your profits for the year. Theories is already in kind of a tight spot because they recently lost Polar and wow. You know, Josh talked to me about how he had they put something out saying that you should support skate shops, um, which is obviously the case. And I'm sure we'll get into how shops are faring at some point. But he was like, you know, honestly, it sucks because like we could really use that direct to consumer just like anything we could get right now. Yeah. Do you think that we're going to see kind of a shift to that? Like brands just kind of bypassing shops because you know, shops kind of aren't really a factor right now, or, you know, you can still get curbside pickup at a lot of shops and stuff like that, but... I hope not, is really the best answer I can give you. I think right now, the industry's push is to continue to support shops. Vans is doing that foot-the-bill thing to try and put some money into shops' pockets, and I've seen a couple brands continuing to remind people to shop from skate shops, but I don't really know how much longer shops are going to be able to weather this and stay stay afloat. Yeah. Scary oh. idea. Yeah, it makes me think for the skateboard mag, I used to do a lot of those storefront pieces, so just talking to shops all over the place. And I think, um, you know, it really gives you an idea of just how, I don't want to say it's amateur, but it is, you know, shops are passion projects. There's no margin for error, really. 
And so, yeah, I think I think I'm worried about that for shops and for small brands too. Just like when you're talking about theories, he he he's lost a quarter of his income if he's going to skip a season, and that just you know it's such small scales probably that uh, yeah makes me think a lot of things are pretty precarious right now. Yeah, and to go a little bit farther with the hard goods thing, shops are getting a tiny bump right now on hard goods. Kids are out of school or adults have time to just go skate so people are selling more decks right now but the profit margins on a deck are tiny to begin with you're looking at probably like between 32 to 36 dollars wholesale one to three dollars to ship on top of that and then three to four dollars for a sheet of grip it's not it's not great and then on top of that A lot of shops are offering free shipping right now, which means you throw probably another $10 on top of that. That You can't keep a business open that way. Yeah, not a lot left for the shop after that. Also, I imagine they're losing a lot of business on like browsing, you know, like come in to get a deck and maybe you pick up a new video or, you know, some other random shit that you see in the case. And now with curbside, it's just like, I just got the deck that I came for and that's (laughs) it. That's tough for the shops. Yeah, the window shopper that used to come in and get excited with the shoe wall and buy a pair of Nikes at full price or a pair of Vans at full price and maybe get a shop hoodie is completely out of the picture right now, which I think is the bread and butter of what keeps most shops alive. Yeah, question about Ian about uh, for Ian about hard goods. Um, you mentioned Deluxe, and I think their factories are located in Mexico, like uh, the Bearbag Generator Factory. Yeah. I think. Did you get any information about smaller U.S. wood shops like Chapman, I think, is still doing it in Long Island or anything along mm-hmm. those lines? So my understanding, Chapman is still open. They primarily do warehousing and distribution there. Uh, they right. have a, a wood shop that they work with that, to the best of my knowledge, is still running. But they they're actual facility in long island is full of like tons of blank decks and essentially if you order a board from chapman they say all right great they print out the heat transfers and they print them right there so i think there is a pretty substantial backlog of blank skateboard decks that are available or printed ones but i don't really know how long that will last right man the print on demand skateboard seems like a really good idea seems like if you could if you could be like a, a brand like if you were a distributor, you could just distribute every brand and just print out whatever graphic kid wants and whatever yeah. size and shape that they want. Yeah. Shout out to the Chapman brothers who have been able to keep their business going. Uh, I mean, I guess probably close to tw- over 20 years at this point. And they have just been able to kind of keep reinventing the wheel of what it means to be a skateboard company and mm. to stay afloat. Yeah. Shout out Chapman. That's the first skateboard I ever caught at a demo. Chapman board. <laughs> um, looking looking back at the shops, I know you spoke to uh, Ian. You spoke to Dennis Burdick at Familia here in town, and I know we're just thawing out right now from a relatively easy winter. But um, I, I used to work at Familia, and him describing, you know, the people walking by, the shoe walls right there. I mean, just the incidental foot traffic, shoe buyer. You know the the. That you're you're another former shop guy, so so you know yep. it's like you sell shoes to the most random people, and yeah, that that element of foot traffic of the incidentals, yeah, it, it 
it, as things warm up here, I'm just thinking of that. It, I'm worried about my home shop, but I, I feel like I'm hoping they're doing well. I don't know. What's, a, what's the shop situation in Portland like, Templeton? I don't know. I know like Commonwealth is kind of my go-to shop, and um, they've been you know pushing curbside uh, pretty hard online. Uh, that's kind of like my only window into how things are going there, but I, I know it's, uh, it's got to be tough for those guys. And just the fact that they're also a skate park, I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. why I support them because they're the only indoor skate park. So I, I think that that's like another huge loss for those guys is just not having people come in. You know, same as with Familia with the HQ. Is that what yep. the skate park is called? Yep. How those New York City shops faring in? Uh, I think pretty well. Uh, I'm. I see. You know. It seems like every shop is doing uh, the same thing on Instagram right now where somebody posts a story saying, oh, thank you, like I bought a deck and a t-shirt or whatever, and they'll put it on their story. And I see a, a pretty good amount of those, but that's about as much as I know right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's tough to say. Labor just opened up a second location, I guess probably two months ago, maybe three months ago. And I have to assume that it's not a great time to open up a business, but who knows? I think a lot of landlords are still kind of, everybody's still figuring this out. And that certainly at my old job, the, you know, the conversations with the landlord were like, all right, you know, like we'll kind of give you guys a break, but we don't really know what that entails yet because... Uh, you know, everybody's kind of kicking the can 15 days a month down the road at a time. And there's no real idea of like, you know, are we are we going to be in total lockdown for six months or are we going to be in total lockdown for two months? Yeah, a lot of uncertainty out there. Jason, yeah. what's the new what's the word on Dominion or excuse me, um, what's venue? Yeah, venue venue still doing the damn thing. Um, you know, people are still out skating in whatever capacity that may be. So far as i know they're still doing the damn thing uh they have a little bit of online inventory and yeah as far as i know it's just you know business pretty much as usual without you know the foot traffic which sucks because like the area they're in is kind of like the hip shopping area kind of like a melrose or whatever so but yeah as far as i know they're, they're still doing the damn thing cool yeah it seems like everybody's out there trying their hardest to make something happen in these weird weird times ian in your in your talks did you here did anybody talk about making cuts and like efficiencies i know i know in the article you said theories laid off their staff anybody else talking about cuts uh i have kind of heard some whisperings of other companies furloughing people but nothing really on the record no yeah it seems like a time when uh team riders could get cut yeah i talked uh before we really honed it down too much onto just hard goods, I talked to Mike Sinclair, and he told me Nike was continuing with its normal flow budget uh, team rider. Like, they're still sending out a lot of boxes. Tom Yetto has pruned all of their flow things and is just sending packages out to team riders, <laughs> which is to say <laughs> that I think probably a lot of smaller companies are tightening yeah. the belt where they can. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, those two companies sounds like they're both doing what you would expect them to be doing. Yeah, of course. You know, given their positions uh, in the industry. I did see somewhere on uh, 
somewhere on the internet though that one of the Nike dunks was being postponed. That you know, it was. I'm not really deep into that world, but it was news enough that I think it was maybe humidity put it up on social media to just like let the let the world know that it was not coming out. And I think that there will probably we will see more of that. I mean, we you know talking about a footwear company that is dropping things on like a monthly basis. This is not really it's not the time to be doing that. Like shops are just not there's not enough sell through for that. So I think we will you know Nike was be able to be insulated as much as it could be, but I think that we will kind of see this kind of I guess trickle up is not the best way to say it but you know it's eventually going to get higher up on the food chain that's interesting because there is a big jordan release this weekend because i I follow like whatever shoes jordan's whatever and uh there's also a whole slew of jordans coming out this spring so it's kind of interesting how they treat those products that line as opposed to the skate line I think anecdotally, I, I can't vouch for my sourcing on this. I think it was a 420 dunk that had like a cough something in the name, which I think was deemed inappropriate for, you know, global pandemic times. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was, it, was, it, was it the Grateful Dead dunk that's like all green and fuzzy and shit? Ah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Who knows? There's one coming out, but it was something like a cough or, you know, it was like weed cough dunk or something. Um, again, Give me like ninety four percent accuracy on that. Right. Um, one thing. We'll get it right I, in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, another aspect of just changes, I guess, that I've I've kind of heard about talking to people. Um, I mean, I know there's like Evan Smith just had that video part for Anti Hero, but I know um, talking to a buddy who films with Deluxe, like other plans, other rollouts have been delayed just because, like, and I'd imagine this is for other situations too, not just specific to them. But, you know, if you were going to have a new guy on the team or whatever, you pretty much or can't exactly go out and film that welcome part. And, um, you know, my buddy mentioned they're not selling boards. So, like, I think I would imagine that a lot of marketing, planned marketing is on hold, is being rejiggered, is, yeah, it'll it'll be, I'm interested to see how, how and what emerges from that. Yeah, I wonder how filmers are faring now that skaters are learning how to film themselves. <laughs> They're gonna get put out of the job. Dang, sweating. Well, that is that our segue to moving into talking about the content drought, like when we see that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I feel like right now the content is still flowing pretty heavy, but it, yeah, it, I think it's coming. Yeah. So I talked to Mark Suchu for a rules of skateboarding piece in the beginning of september and he had just gotten back from dc from that thrasher thing that just went up this week Mm. uh which i guess was six months ago say we have give or take a six month lead time which brings us to the end of the year and i guess that's it really i mean what does that say for the end talking about footage in the end of the year the first thing that comes to mind for me is the sodi race yeah sodi season it's gonna be it's gonna be very different if people have spent six months inside. Yeah, I would uh, I would reckon that people people are sort of still out there filming with like just some them and a filmer. I think no evidence to support it, but uh, especially since a lot of the business businesses are shut down, like office buildings and that kind of shit, that you can't really skate that much. I'd, I'd reckon that people are still out there filming with with a 
skeleton crew or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's probably some dedicated hardworking skaters out there doing their thing, but I think the less motivated ones are probably uh, not out there making things happen. <laughs> there's yeah. probably a lot of dudes that are really stoked right now that they get to just pile. I would right. <laughs> yeah. Not skating. I, I do wonder, is like Shane O'Neill, he's still putting out clips from that April. It's April Skateboards, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. He's still putting clips out from that April park. And I wonder, is he just like quarantining? Like, I suppose if he's quarantining in that crazy mansion of his and then just like straight to the park, that seems legal. Yeah. I mean, the park looks sterile as fuck. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that place is like eerily stale. Yeah. Jesus. No, no, you had it right the first time, bro. (laughs) Eerily sterile. There we go. Yeah. One one uh, little trick I thought that brands could use, and this is a free one for any brands out there listening, is if you've got a full length slated, you can just chop it up into parts, and then you've got a uh, you know a bunch of video parts you can send out to Thrasher instead of having just one full length. So there might be a full length drought in our future. I mean, this is the time That's that the B sides were invented for, man. Just recycle that shit over and over. Oh, yeah. I feel like some old head filmers are getting into their catalogs. You can see it on Instagram. I'd love to get into my catalog. I need a DV camera to unlock those tapes. Some good shit in there. Juliet Lewis clips? <laughs> I don't think I've got any Juliet Lewis clips, but definitely <laughs> I, there's a unseen Heath Kirchart line, like a warm-up line that uh, I'd like to unearth. I think the world wants to see that. For sure. Get, get me a D, mini DV deck and I'll find it. Mm. How open were people to talk about this? It seemed like you got some candid answers. People were pretty willing to talk. This was uh, I, Ian Michna, who is the editor, owner of Jenkum, mentioned that this was the first time that he had gotten the big three NHS, Dwindle, and Deluxe to all speak on the record for the same piece. Mm. I was pleasantly surprised with how willing people were to kind of talk openly about things. I think it's we're just so far into the unknown right now that people's guard is down a little bit. Yeah. And I think raising awareness just that, like, you know, this is real. This could have actual, actual effects on your ability to buy stuff or your ability to, you know, have your favorite brand in the future or your favorite shop in town. You know, I think uh, I thought it was an important piece just to illustrate, especially on the shop front, that, that yeah, it's precarious. Yeah, I mean, uh, shops have always been something that I've tried to write about a lot. Uh, they've been very important to me in my time as a skateboarder, both as like a place for me to hang out and shoot the shit. And, I mean, you know, I mean, like, That's what drew me to, I guess, moving to Boston when I lived in Vermont. You know, like every time that you go to a new city, either for a vacation or a move or whatever, you start like scoping out and you're like, what's the shop here? What's going on? And like, oh, you get like a preview into the scene. I think a good shop that has a video can really illustrate everything that's what's going on in like a in in a scene or a greater metropolitan area. And I think losing those would be detrimental to skateboarding beyond words. Yeah, shout out to uh, Seasons in Albany who just came out with a physical video and accompanying photo book, which is pretty sick. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Seasons. Have you watched it yet? 
I, I just ordered it today, so should looking forward to watching it in the next few days. Actually, it's good. It's good. Just the right length. Sick. Pre skate. Yeah. Pre skate. Watch. What's just the right length? Yeah. I'm gonna guess that it's in the 20 minute range. Okay. Yeah, I'd agree. That's a good one. Good, good length. 15 yeah. to 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 to 30. I'd say like photosynthesis was like tw- is like 25 to 30. Yeah. I, I, I my attention span definitely drops off in the 30s. Yeah, yeah. Once you're over 30, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah, you might get a little too comfy on the couch and just <laughs> not, not even make the sesh. Not out. Uh, is there any word on production in China? I feel like they've kind of since they were where this all began, they're kind of closer to the tail end of things. Is production ramping up out there? Yeah, I, everyone who I talked to said that production was back and in place in China right now. Um, essentially, at the Lunar New Year, they shut down for about a week. And I guess what had happened is they just no one went back to work for about a month. That was when it had really kind of migrated from Wuhan across the country and the, the government just shut everything down. Um, I don't really know what that means, you know, whether they're operating with social distancing on a skeleton crew or what have you. But yeah, DSM is back in operation as well as other factories. So, you oh, know, it's good news for skaters. Yeah, it's tough to say what the uh, in the article I talk about it being kind of whack-a-mole where the Chinese economy went down and now the U.S. one is going to go down and Mexico maybe next. Uh, or I should say rather that Mexico is continuing to see a rise in cases, so something may happen there. It's tough to say who will be out for the longest and what we'll get from that, but for the time being, China's up and running, and with that, you can get wheels, trucks, and boards. So you may lose your like preferred brand that you want to skate, but I think that there will continue to be hard goods coming in. Great. No skaters will go hungry for hard goods. Hopefully. Yeah. Lots of people are holding back their uh, new announcements, but Vans didn't. This week they announced that Tony Hawk has joined the team. Came as a surprise to me as he only joined Lakai back in November of 2017 uh, and had a pro shoe come out in September of 2018. Tony's had a bunch of shoe sponsors over the years. Mike, how do you feel about Tony on Vans? There was something really nice and wholesome about him riding for Lakai with his kid. But um, yeah, this makes all the sense in the world just in terms of, frankly, you know, the most visible skater on the most visible skate shoe brand. Yeah, I'm surprised that we didn't really hear any rumblings about it. As you said, Templeton came as a surprise. I feel like maybe if we'd have been able to kick it at the shop instead of socially distanced, we might have heard rumblings about it. But um it could also just be that Tony Hawk is kind of like in a different realm. But um, yeah, it makes perfect sense. What do you guys think? Well, for me, it's it's uh, like Bizarro World or something. Because Tony, ever since I started skating, Tony Hawk has been synonymous with uh, Airwalk. Like based on my rudimentary internet research for this show, he helped come up with the name, I think. So yeah, f- yeah for me, it's just like Bizarro World, but... I guess that's the world we're living in now. Plus, he's also on Independent, which is weird as shit as well, because he had been on Tracker forever. And then Fury, when that came out. 
and then thieve, I guess. But uh, yeah, it just makes sense with uh, you know, the way the world is. Vans are like the most popular shoe with the kids right now, like at work. Literally 70 to 80, I would say just like anecdotally, 70 to 80 percent of kids are wearing old schools, like like boys, girls, whatever. So just with the money and everything, you know, I guess it makes sense that way. Still seems weird, though. Yeah. Wouldn't it be rad if you got on Airwalk and it was just like, <laughs> sponsored by Payless? <laughs> bring it back. Bring it, bring, have to bring back like the 540 Fahrenheit or whatever. <laughs> That'd be so sick. Probably a big paycheck uh, riding for Payless. You know, they got a lot of a lot of doors, a lot of shops. Yeah, I think Airwalk still exists in some form or fashion. Like, uh, I think they're owned by the same like nameless, ho- like faceless holding company that Vision Streetwear is. So <laughs> it's one of those things where the brand kept getting bought by different people and different people and shit until you know what I mean. Yeah, one of those you, little, you can still cop your one series at uh, Payless. Oh, which is pretty sick. Oh, they, they still have those. Those are sick. I'm kind of surprised with all of the 90s resurgence that we're seeing that no one was able to kind of shoehorn Air, Airwalk into having more of a resurgence. Yeah, I think that's just like whoever owns it. Like Jason said, it's changed hands so many times that like there's nobody there who's like, yeah, we could like sponsor a couple of skaters and make this shit kind of legit. Like we've got this heritage and everything. You know, nobody, mm. nobody just saw that opportunity. I remember when they first came back in Payless, they were using, like, archive photos of, like, Jeff Rowley and, and you know, other people that they'd sponsored over the years, and it was just, like, super fucking weird. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, Jeff Rowley doesn't ride for Airwalk. Yeah, they got some heritage there. Like, I remember when the Jason Lee shoe came out, like, everyone was fucking skating that shoe, you know? So, yeah, just, just hypothetically, if they had, you know, just came out with, like, retro jason lee pro model with a clip of jason lee skating for like 30 seconds or whatever that might have some hypothetically but yeah with like the big 90s resurgence in like you know quote-unquote fashion you know it's surprising that you know they haven't you know come back in a more major way and shit yeah only for lack of vision i think on airwalk's part so airwalk if you're listening you can hire uh, the mostly skateboarding brand team, and we'll, we'll come <laughs> blow the doors off your Airwalk sales. <laughs> did Did Birdman ever have a Airwalk shoe? I cannot picture it in my head. I can picture yeah. it, but yeah, yeah, he did. I think it came out like in the late '90s, like at the height of his uh, or whatever, like when he did the 900 and shit. It's like they kind of weird looking. It looked like. Yeah, it, it's like has these, you know, the lace, these, the lace loops like shoes used to have in the late 90s and shit. So it just looks like a regular, like, uh, you know, Chongo middle school kid type of shoe. <laughs> well, and then does, is Vans going to give him a shoe? Um, I wish I could remember who tweeted it, but it was someone was like, are they going to give Tony Hawk a half cab? Like, <laughs> quality, quality. I know. Props to whoever, I, I, I wish I could remember your handle, but like, yeah, it, there's a lot of questions around this, just because all their pro models, I'm, I'm not a fan of their non-half cab pro models, I feel like they all look the same. I don't entirely disagree with you there, <laughs> um, but it's also interesting, the Lakai pro model was such a, I don't know exactly what they were trying to do with it, I mean, it was clearly a nod back to the Airwalk shoe, but... I guess that was their attempt at the 90s, riding the 90s wave. 
but it's hard to imagine Vans moving in that direction. Yeah, or, I don't think so. Matter, yeah, or for that matter, him wanting to jump on top of like a clear soul technology forward role model. But I don't know. It seems I read a press release that said that this, it seems like this is really tied into him announcing more with the Vans Park series, as well as a yet to be expanded on new vert contest series. So it seems like this is more Tony Hawk, the brand than Tony Hawk, the skateboarder. I think that's probably what's kind of plagued Tony Hawk in the past. Like, I feel like he's always had kind of like some weird shoe things. Or maybe since audio went out of the picture, I feel like Tony Hawk has been kind of in just a weird shoe Mm -hmm. uh, realm. And I think that's probably because his value is so high and just nobody can really afford to pay Tony Hawk what he's worth. Uh At an agency I worked at, we did some stuff with uh, Adidas skateboarding and uh, the guy there told us that he'd been talking to Tony Hawk about, you know, skating for Adidas, but just, just like, just wasn't the right fit or the right time or whatever. It just didn't work out. But just, yeah, Tony on Adidas seems real weird. But, yeah. you know, bands kind of make sense, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, like Ian said, the the brand is so strong that they'll they'll probably give him a pro model at some point, I reckon. Like, if they if they can give, you know, Rowan Zavrilla and, you know, other team riders... <laughs> Who is awesome, like a like a fucking stellar skater. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, just like the and you know, Abe and other team riders pro models that you know they sh- they should probably give him one, just something pretty pretty subtle. You know what I mean? Like a mid top or high top or something. Maybe a chiller for Maybe announcing. A chiller for announcing. <laughs> Who do we think will sell more shoes, Elijah Burl or Tony Hawk? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's yeah. a, a clear. Uh, clear answer on that one <laughs> it it got me thinking like is tony hawk more relevant than a lot of like big time names that came after him that he's kind of outlasted at least just in the skate yeah in terms of skating like he's doing shove it blunt backside in 360 shove it blunt so like i'm catching clips where he's pushing it still and i'm just gonna read what i what i actually wrote down like is he more relevant than costin at this point pure hypothetical but in terms of doing shit, man, that's uh, I know, I know, hot button. I mean, Tony's probably put out more footage um, than Costin in the past um, ten years, maybe. I don't know. This is this no, is all like, top of my head. I expected. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to look at it objectively, yeah, I mean, Tony's career is longer, and if you ask any sort of like stranger on the street if they know who Eric Costin is. You're looking at a toss-up there, but I feel like it's less of a toss-up if you were to ask them if they know who Tony Hawk is. Although, I did, the last time I was out in public, I did meet a young lady who was from Brazil who knew who uh, Tiago Lemos was. <laughs> so that was tight. She knew who Tiago was. She knew who, um, damn, dude. Bob Burnquist? Oh, Leticia, yeah, Leticia Buffoni. Yeah, she knew, she knew about them, too. Okay. Didn't didn't think to Bob didn't cross my mind. Didn't think to ask her about Bob. <laughs> I was just thinking Bob might be the Brazilian Tony Hawk. Yes, something like uh, well, even like you know what I mean. I, I think it's kind of like apples and oranges to compare him to Costin, but even just like yeah. even just thinking about you know the the vert contemporaries like Danny Way was supposed to come out with a part like that that hasn't materialized. 
Bob came out with a pretty sick part, um, like a couple within the last two years. So can't really think of any other vert skaters. Like, well, there's lots of sick new vert skaters, but uh, can't think of anyone that has even approached the same juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony is a very reliable person. You know, like he says he's going to put out a video part. He's going to put out a fucking video part. You know, <laughs> he'll show up to the demo and rip. He'll skate whatever's put in front of him sign autographs for everybody just like a, the kind of person you would want to sponsor consummate professional exactly uh something else that i wanted to talk about tony on lakai i think was the last chapter of a great a great story of the girl chocolate in their prime homie deals uh best <laughs> illustrated i think by four star when you had like Guns, uh, I mean, who like Reynolds was on there. I guess Reynolds was probably not in the same category, but people that were like TNT is actually a good example of this of people who probably could have gone out and gotten Billabong money and instead were like, No, I want to keep skating with you guys because you get it and I'm willing to take a pay mm-hmm. cut to do so. And that was really cool when that worked out. Yeah, that four star team was was heavy. Both yep. in terms of yeah, in house, out of house. I'd I'd even put Reynolds up there. He when was he on? Yeah, through like oh five maybe, and then he got on Ultima. I could be yeah. wildly off with that year, but yeah, it uh, seems about right. Like oh three oh five. I would imagine that these days the number disparity is far greater than it was back then. You know, like maybe you're missing out on a couple hundred bucks a month riding for four star instead of Billabong, but now. You know, maybe it's a couple thousand dollars a month riding for fans over Lakai. Well, and I think yeah. that gets gets to like one of my questions, and I feel like the answer's out there. Forgive me, but like, why hasn't Tony Hawk just been on a Nike this whole time, or for that matter, Vans of the last decade or so, when it was really, you know, probably getting up there, able to pay nike type money like why did he never end up on one of those brands wasn't he like trying to push like hawk shoes and hawk clothing for a while that whole deal i think for a while i really understood that because it's like associated with him but he's not on it like i don't know it's weird uh well i based on my rudimentary internet research uh getting ready for this episode it was it's through kohl's so it's like a branding Mm -hmm. deal through that store kohl's so but do y'all remember what shoe he was riding before Lakai? I feel like he had a major like shoe drought. I feel like audio was the last stable. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. audio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was on audio. That's right. The homie Chris Miller <laughs> type of deal. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, there are a lot of skaters that have gone on kind of sponsor drought, shoe sponsor droughts, and you can kind of see like, oh, they're getting flowed shoes from this person or whatever. Oftentimes it's Nike because I think they have the largest promo budget. And I don't, there's no clips that stick out to me in terms of Tony skating and even noticing what shoes he was skating. Right. Much less like yeah. the connection of like, oh, you're getting it from this person. Yeah. It, I'm trying to visualize it. It's always some like nondescript, like black cup sole. Yeah, I would imagine that Tony even might like kind of like debrand the shoes like when he was spo- shoe sponsorless, you know, just oh, yeah. just to not like ruin any chances he might have with this brand or that brand or like 
not give too much free advertising yeah. away. Yeah, I would. That's that's a good explanation because I literally cannot picture like no shoe comes to mind when I think of his skating. It's incredible. Yeah, somebody should do like a shoe history with Tony Hawk about his uh, you know time in the wilderness. Hmm. Yeah, I spoke to Tony for a rules of skateboarding interview last year, and we, we talked about you guys talked about it on the show. But the one thing that I walked away is like he truly thinks of it in terms of like a business person. He does not really seem like he's out as much for homie deals and that sort of thing. He he plays in a different when you start doing McDonald's commercials, you start playing in a different arena. And I think that probably speaks to why he did never did not end up on one of the bigger brands sooner. And I also think it speaks to why he there are not a lot of clips of him visibly skating shoes that he's not getting paid to skate. Yeah. Yeah, no free rides. Yeah. Which once makes you've me had think. A video game, once you've had a video game named after you you're not really in the position to be advertising flow shoes. <laughs> right. Yeah, it makes me wonder if, you know, the Lakai thing was just to boost Riley, you know, because, yeah, homie deal doesn't exactly sound like a compelling argument anymore. I mean, that I feel like that's like, yeah, homie deal for Hawk. Like, all right, I'll, like, help Lakai out while I'm, you know, shopping for my actual shoe sponsor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe they go to Riley and say, we'll give you a shoe and <laughs> we'll give your dad a shoe if you're interested. And then right. Riley goes and has dinner and is like, yo, guess what Guess what they offered me? <laughs> I don't know. Totally speculative. Dad, I, when, I can get a shoe, but you got to get a shoe too. <laughs> when, when, when you said, the way you said Hawk Templeton made me think like we, we just, this mostly skateboarding author crew should... Um, start working on Hawk Inc., you know, especially if another Hawk child blows up. Hawk Incorporated. You mean like a like a third generation? Yeah, or even just, yeah. Yeah, I suppose we'd need a third generation <laughs> to make it like the family business in the air or some shit, you know, subtitles <laughs> now, I'm thinking. Riley's at the right age to start having uh, kids. <laughs> Follow his old man. Yeah. Guy's got a lot of kids. He does. Um, yeah, I... we. We'll not air this because. Uh... Well, I'm I'm stoked on all the secrets that uh, everybody just shared that we can't share with our <laughs> podcast listeners. Mike, what are you stoked on this week? Ooh, I'm stoked on like three things. I think um, I bought a jump rope. I got a Rogue SR Dash One. I'm gonna learn how to ro- jump rope. I'm incredibly bad at jumping rope, so this is gonna be an uphill uphill fight. I'll have to update you guys in like three months because I'm that bad at it. Trying to get some in-house exercise. Um, Is this the one? Does it have like bearings? It has bearings. Sick. Yeah. Are you gonna? Whoa! Hold on. This is a speed rope. What what a bag bearings does your jump rope have? <laughs> Swiss baby. No rating. Um, no, I don't know. They're fast though. They're smooth. It's a, it's uh for like a wheels nerd like me it's it's nice machining it's it's satisfying craftsmanship so yeah stoked on the jump rope i built a little quarter pipe on friday um that seems like a thousand years ago uh skated the ramp haven't been able to skate since because it snowed here and then um the last thing i'm stoked on is um 
I got a basketball audio book called The Victory Machine about the Golden State Warriors. And so far, it's um, very satisfying listening. So that's all that I'm stoked on. Hey, Ian, what are you stoked on? This week, I was actually going to bring up Orchard's video vinyl thing that the Instagram story contest that they've been doing. But Jason brought that up last oh, year. So. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That was funny shit. Oh, okay. Good shit, good shit. But uh, instead, I am going sure. to talk about Jane Meyer's kind of right-around profile of Mitch McConnell in The New Yorker this week. Uh, really exhaustive reporting going all the way back to him running for student class president in mm-hmm. high school, all the way up to current kind of trying to follow the trail of what makes him tick and what sort of ulterior motives he has, as he is currently probably, arguably, the most powerful person in the government right now. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's just money and power. He doesn't give a shit about anything else, but it is really, like, phenomenally reported. So I've got that open in the browser right now. It's a good read, and I mean, nobody's doing anything else right now, so worth committing the time to. Uh, Jason, what are you stoked on? I, too, am stoked on something kind of out of D.C., out of the corridors of power. Um, (laughs) In the uh, Plazacation Pulaski edit before, it's, yeah, pretty fucking stellar, as always, like Sue Shoes and Jack Curtin, uh, Bobby, of course. Probably like the twentieth part or video parties had um, at the place, but like Tiago Lemos is in it too, and he skates in like a whole different way, which is unbelievable. He's like one of the best dudes out, of course. Like we say, like about every week, but just like you know, I live in Virginia, so I go there fairly often. It's one of my favorite places to go, just to kind of like if you know what it's like to stand there and think about doing something over like the big white wall, like the shit he does over it is a uh, pretty crazy and just like the way he skates it so yeah stoked on that also stoked on the uh slides and grinds contest series out of brazil it's on youtube basically long story short it's like the barracks on a ledge and you get two tries per trick just like seeing those guys skate ledges in you know quasi real time in in front of a live studio audience is pretty (laughs) sick especially the one with tiago and Luanda Oliveira, that that's a good starting point. But yeah, all of them are um, pretty gnarly. So stoked on that as well. Anything else? That's over this week. Templeton, what are you stoked on? Shit, Jason, are you? I think you're forgetting something. Oh, almost <laughs> forgot. Mentioned them earlier. The venture truck company out of uh, San Francisco, California. Hopefully, the foundry will get started soon. We'll have uh, some fresh trucks out there. Pour them trucks. Pour them trucks. (laughs) That's a new tagline. Yeah. I I feel like if we ever get ads to read on this thing, like the truck ones, I've maybe even said this not on there, but the truck ones would be the best. Yeah. Pour them trucks. Heat up the molten (laughs) aluminum. Pour it in the mold. (laughs) Temple them trucks. Right now, I'm stoked on the Pour Them Trucks tagline that Jason just came up with. You know, this is the kind of work that uh, you'll get if you hire the Mostly Skateboarding Creative Agency. Uh, 
But before that, I was stoked on uh, this musician that I just discovered called uh, Leone Pernet, like a French electronic music person. For podcast listeners, you're hearing it start up right now. For my co-hosts, you're hearing nothing. Uh, and then a uh, late edition, I'm stoked on a little thing that Anthony Papalardo, the writer, wrote, put out um, today. It's called You Will Go Back to the Future. And it's just kind of like a stream of consciousness thoughts about skateboarding and what it's like to skate and the things that we're all probably missing and forgetting that we're missing. It kind of feels like just a bunch of tweets, really. But I read it and it got me stoked so hopefully you guys out there read it and get stoked too yeah that was tight shout out that guy yeah for real we need to find an excuse to get him on the show um well that's it for our show this week uh huge thanks to ian for being on the show everybody should go read his article on jenkum it is called what coronavirus means for the skateboard supply chain uh highly recommend it there's lots of stuff that we didn't cover uh, in the podcast and that. So check that out. That obviously will be linked uh, on mostlyskateboarding.net along with all the other show notes. After you're done checking out the show notes, you can keep up with all of us online all week. Jason, where can the people find you? On the Twitter at Carbonite1994, on the Instagram at Frozen, and writing stuff for quartersnacks.com probably have new stuff sooner rather than later because i'm here in the frozen car offices like eight hours a day <laughs> nice lucky us yeah the content crush continues but in a in a different format uh ian where can the people find you on twitter and instagram at i browning nice mike where can the people find you stoked you have the uh consistent branding as well across platforms ian i'm both on Twitter and Instagram at M Munzenreiter. Templeton, where are you on the internet? I am on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. Our pleasure.